It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. We will pick this week's NFL action coming up in just a little bit. Normally we do that here at 5.30 on a Friday, but uh, it is our pleasure instead to go out live to Las Vegas. We're happy to move the show around if we can get someone on site calling the games in the biggest sporting event of the weekend. And that's exactly what we got with our buddy Mark Kestisher, ESPN Radio, play-by-play coverage of the NBA, including the in-season tournament. Kesty, what's up, man? Great to talk to you here in December. Yeah, Craig, it's good to be on with you. Uh, I'm always the uh, wrecker of show plans, so we can blame this one on the Lakers. They were a little late uh, to their media obligations. So my apologies on behalf of them. Yeah, we'll say on behalf of them, it's their fault. We can just say LeBron James wrecked our show today. We'll blame it on LeBron, whether it's his fault or not, because that sounds cooler for us. Well, we had Austin Reeves as one of our interview subjects, and mm-hmm. he got pulled off the golf course tomorrow uh, this morning. Apparently he was playing uh, the Wynn Golf Course, and oh. um, it was time to go for media. So I, I asked him, I said, at least you weren't like nine under at the turn. That's always hard. He said he was about two or three over. I'm like, that's easy to walk off the course when you're there. I would Two to three over to me is a hole, Mark. I was going to say, I'm usually two or three over after two, so uh, I, I'm yeah. in the same experience as you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, speaking of experiences, what was it like there last night? Obviously, that first game is just tremendous. Second game turns into a blowout, but it's like an all-timer LeBron stretch there in that second quarter. And we, We're watching it on TV. It, it, I mean, the court looks like a video game on TV. Uh, but other than that, it looks amazing. The players seem to be super into it. What's it like to be there in person, you know, calling the game? You know, it was uh, it was a cool experience. I will say, having watched the quarterfinal knockouts at the home sites like everybody else on Monday and Tuesday, those atmospheres, from what I was told and what we saw, looked off the charts. You know, it's a home game. Uh, it's got meaning in early December, late November, and it felt like playoff atmosphere, especially in Indiana where, you know, they've been frothing at the mouth, you know, to get a team that can compete and get to the playoffs, um, I don't think you had that same fan atmosphere. Um, you know, it was a 2 p.m. start here. You had the Lakers in the night game, and a lot of Lakers fans, you know, made their way up from Los Angeles. I think just the first time around, you were waiting to see, you know, what's going to take a while to take hold. And it wasn't the players buying in because they bought in early. You know, the games have been close, and that has helped. But I think, you know, having it a neutral site, um, as much as Las Vegas is a destination, it's tough on a Thursday, and they'll work on it. They'll tweak it, and I think the fans that did show up, uh, even though it wasn't a complete sellout, were into the game, and certainly having a close game as it was uh, in the first matchup with the Pacers and the Bucks, that brought a, a lot of excitement. And I know the Laker fans are still, uh, you know, probably haven't come in from last night out on the strip uh, with a 44-point win and onto the championship tomorrow. Yeah, I thought it was also interesting, you know, part of the, you, you've called the NCAA tournament before and like you understand this and those of us that have covered NCAA tournaments know it's different. Like unless you're the first game of the day, you don't get a full warm up. Like you go out there, it's 20 minutes on the clock. You better have warmed up someone in the tunnel. I know they had like a, a practice gym, but I was actually very surprised, Mark, like how much time there was between the games. Um, yes. What, what was, is that one of the things you think they look at, like making it more tournament feeling for this semifinal, if it's even at a neutral side again? Like what actually, I should just ask you open-ended, what are some of the tweaks that you're already hearing being around everybody out there in Vegas? Yeah. You know, it's funny because even like league officials that we've run into, you know, have kind of asked, you know, all of us who follow the league, like, 
What have you thought? What could be better? You know, they're going to, we had Adam Silver on in between games, you know, and, and some of our question was directed toward, you know, what could you do differently? And, and the commissioner, you know, stressed that he wants to get through the weekend first, that he wants to talk to his players and his coaches and, you know, the folks that work in the league office and find out, you know, how we can make it better. Um, and I'm sure that will come up. Uh, uh, you know, I'm sure they wanted two gates. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's, you know, probably the reason why you had to get the, you know, first session out, bring the second session in. But it does leave that extra period of time, which also has a positive effect because then it allowed uh, the Lakers and the Pelicans, you know, to get a normal game day warm up to get out there and, uh, you know, get ready to play the game. So all things they'll take a look at, you know, stuff that, um, you know, was not quirky, but, you know, maybe just uh, didn't flow as much as you would expect. That's certainly one of them. Yeah, and then I'm <clears> curious <throat> if they wind up doing the, the neutral site maybe just for the final next year. Do they do the semifinal again. Um, we'll see because you mentioned those home crowds uh, have been crazy. Um, you've called so many LeBron's games uh, over the course of his career. You know, you've, you've been able to call NBA finals uh, for much of the last decade, uh, which obviously included many of, of his games uh, with, with Cleveland and then the bubble games uh, in 2020. Like you've seen so much greatness from him. Is last night like just up there in in that stratosphere of of great games, great stretches? He winds up only playing twenty three minutes because he killed the Pelicans in the second quarter. Yeah, it's funny um, because in a, for a stretch of it, it was very short. You know, when you took a look after the game, he played less than twenty three minutes, and it was just so efficient. It was cold bloodedly efficient, and they didn't really need him, you know, to do anything once they got midway through the third quarter. So if you look at it just in its sample size of 22 minutes and 30 whatever seconds, you know, it ranks right up there with, you know, any performance in the history of the NBA. It was amazing. Like LeBron's still setting records every day with stuff he does. I think it was the most efficient 30-point game in his career, which is pretty amazing. And when I asked Darvin Ham today, we just, you know, left Lakers media about it, you know, I'm speaking 30 points, five rebounds, five assists, 22 minutes, trying to see what his reaction is. The first thing he said, you know what impressed me more? He took three charges. Right. You know, and all in the first half. And then I said, yeah, and one of them was against, you know, one of the, one of the biggest dudes uh, in the league in Zion Williamson. And he said, yeah, and that was even better um, because he said, look, LeBron braced himself and you take a charge from that big man that's going to get you fired up. You know, uh, Darvin Ham's a different guy. I love him. I love talking to him. Um, he loves physical basketball, so that was right up his alley. Um, and it's just amazing to everybody that we talk to, um, and it's still a subject that at you know approaching age 39, and Rick Carlisle talked about that today. He's like, you know, I looked up on my phone. He's going to be 39 in a couple of weeks, and he still hasn't dropped off. You know, there's no apparent drop-off in, uh, in his play, and it still amazes everybody that he doesn't get tired. And the thing that Rick Carlisle mentioned as well is not only is he in great shape, but everything you throw at him, he's seen before. And he's always been good, even at his young age and in his prime, early prime, you know, at deciphering defenses and, and figuring out all the counters that you get to this point in your career. And he sees everything. And it, you know, it's, it's outside of injury. He's really tough to stop. And clearly, um, you know, winning this first NBA Cup means something to him because you could see it last night. We've always said 
if he just puts his head down and wants to get to the rim, he's going to get to the rim. And it, you know, confuses why confuses you why he doesn't do it all the time. And, you know, he wants to get other guys involved too. So that's a, a function of it there. But last night he had a clear goal right from the first second of the game. Yeah. I mean, the, the, his ability to kind of feel the game and manage energy and decide when it's time to go that route has always been, I think, underrated because we all wonder, like, can he just do this all the time? Cause he seems capable of doing it all the time. Yeah. And you, you see it in game sevens or do or die games. Like he's one of the best score. It's like him, Jordan and Durant are all over 30 points a game. And uh, you know, every game in this tournament, obviously from this elimination stage on has been do or die. And what's he done been right on those targets where he just does that and says, Oh, well, screw the energy. If we don't lose this game, there's not another one. And, and he, he goes nuts. Meanwhile, on the other side, you have Tyrese Halliburton who was a whopping what three years old when LeBron made his NBA debut. <laughs> When did you realize, like, we've always known that Halliburton could be a good player since his rookie year, since he was in Sacramento. But when did you realize that he could be this, a top 15 NBA player that's going to challenge for, uh, you know, one of the top all NBA guard spots this year? You know, I don't think I did because we did Iowa State games when he was playing in the Big 12. And I was always impressed with him. I liked his size. His shots really kind of funky. So it looked weird. And you're like, I don't know if this is going to work, you know, in the NBA. And I remember after his senior year, um, Fran Fraschilla, I said it on the air last night. I said, I got to credit Fran Fraschilla because he talked on every interview show he did leading up to the draft. He said, take Tyrese Halliburton. I guarantee you're not going to be disappointed. Not only is he talented, he is smart, and he is way ahead of his years as a leader. And it's all the stuff we're seeing now. He's 23 years old. And uh, we had our interview session with him today, and hes you could just see it. You, you can see another young guy who loves the game, who puts in the work, who's incredibly smart, and I, I didn't see it coming. The Sacramento Kings, you know, had a, an embarrassment of riches, you know, at point guard. They had De'Aaron Fox, and they took him because he was the best guy on the board at 12. You know, it was surprising that he fell that far. And, you know, there's 11 other teams that would be like, why didn't we take – Tyrese Halliburton, and it was a trade that worked for both teams with Sabonis going to Sacramento. They made the great jump last year, and Halliburton coming to Indiana, and now he's in his second year here. They've, you know, he and Miles Turner have turned into a great duo, and I hope it's not just early season success. It feels like it's something that can, you know, make this a playoff team at the end of the year, but they're still young. And side note, uh, Halliburton in the beginning of our interview. Uh, told us, and I hadn't read, read it anywhere, but maybe it's common knowledge. He grew up the biggest LeBron James fan in Wisconsin. Oh. He goes, I was. He goes, I was a Cavs fan. I was a Heat fan. I was a Cavs fan, and then I was a Lakers fan until I was drafted. So to play LeBron James tomorrow, and he's you know played him before, and he's had conversations with him, but it, this means a lot to him because LeBron James is his guy. He had the that, fat head on the wall. That's how he. That's how he told me. He stamped it. That was his guy. That is a great story. And, you know, we were looking it up earlier because we were obviously talking about it. And I was like, when was Halliburton born? He's elite baby, which is fun. Uh, he gets a real birthday this year uh, coming up when he turns 24. I didn't um, know that. I, w- I would have loved to have that in the interview. I'm fascinated by elite babies. There you go. So fe- he's a February 29th baby, February 29th, 2000. And, so how old you know, is he in, in birthday years? Is he oh, six, God, six? Mark. Five? Mark, we went to the same school. We have the same degree. We don't do. We don't do math. We don't do math. Why did you just do that to me? 
Actually, uh, uh, PJ Carlissimo took a shot at our school because uh, I was trying to figure out the Lakers' uh, advantage over New Orleans. And I'm like, you know, they're up 41. And PJ goes, wow, using that Syracuse education. I'm like, well, you better check me because I'm not sure if it's right. It yeah. was right. So count one for the good guys. Excellent. Yeah, no, Anthony, uh, our producer, uh, is, is also a Syracuse alum. Anthony, and what's our, what's our number one rule of the show? No math involved. Nobody yes, told me there no would math. be math. No, that's actually the second rule of the show. The first rule is don't cuss. The second rule is there's no <laughs> math on the well, show. Let's see. Uh, we, can, we can do this. Hold on. We can carry the one, yeah. uh, move the five, and we are 24 years in, and you don't yeah. count the first one. So that's 24 divided so, by four, and I'm lost. So He's six years old. <laughs> <laughs> so this would be the fifth time he gets a true birthday, I think, is, is if we don't count the first yeah. one. Okay, then he's going to be five. So I wish I could have opened Max, my interview now, with Mark, that. now you've pushed the button. Now I'm going to do this. I'm going to count on my fingers. He will, he will be six years old, guys. Because be Well, sick. yeah, but 24 divided by four is six. That part I got. Yeah. Um, yep. But so he celebrated 2000. 2004, 2008, we, we're, 12. You know what? We are dumbing 16, down your audience by the 20, moment, and I yeah, apologize. Six. <laughs> I don't apologize. Uh, that is Mark Kestisher with us here on the Hoffman Show. Uh, a treat as always, Mark. Have so much fun calling the final tomorrow night, and uh, we will definitely catch up with you throughout the rest of the season. I'm giving that leap age tomorrow. Book it. Good yes. to talk with you, Greg. Excellent. All right. That is Mark Kestisher, everybody, here on the Team 980. Always live as well on the free Odyssey app and, of course, streaming live on YouTube. Anthony, that was thoroughly embarrassing for us. Uh, yeah, a, a little bit. Actually, I think you looked the best there. You're like, guys, he's six. Yeah. It's fine. I, I just did the math real quick, you know. Real yeah, 24 divided. That's basic five. math. You 24 know, divided by four. Yeah, no, that part I got. But then he threw me off with the you don't count the first one bit. Yeah, but you wouldn't count that in the first place. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, yeah. he's six. I'm proud um, of you guys. Well, I'm proud of thanks. us. Yeah, proud of us. Proud of us. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm proud of you, too, because for the amount of times that you've embarrassed Georgetown Prep on this show. Whoa. With a vari variety of English and or uh, history. Oh, Greek lacking. mythology, you, yeah. You, yeah, you too. made it up with math. Yeah. Yeah. Icarus. All right. Yep. Um, I have no idea what we're doing next. We Here's what we have through the rest of the show in some sort of order. Dave Johnson is going to talk about Wizards, uh, Nets, and also whatever else. We want to talk about because it's Dave and Lord. Speaking of Lord, knows where it goes. Anthony, the face you're making. Do we need to? Do we need to confirm with Dave? Is that the face you just made? No, we got Dave. Oh, okay. What was the, What face did you just make? Because we have a lot of things to do. We do. We have our NFL tiers. Yep. Um, we got our picks, and then we got our picks. We got Should Dave. we start on picks next? Finish them at six, and then. Or should we start on tiers next? Do picks at 6.30? I think we should lie through tiers. Okay. Yeah, let's do tiers next. All right, we're going to get at least one tier solidly out of the way very quickly next. Uh, it's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980. We've got to go to break. All right, we're on the free Odyssey app.